Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. So, the donkey showed up overnight. Uh, we weren't exactly sure where the donkey came from, uh, but I remember I was asleep in the tent and I, I heard a slamming of a car door and uh, a, a revving of an engine, which at the time was confusing, but when I woke up the next day, I figured that must be where the donkey had come from. Um, but I wasn't certain. And I don't do very well with uncertainty. Uh, uncertainty leads to concern, concern to anxiety. And this is the kind of anxiety that sort of like lives with me all the time. It's, it's deep within my bones. It's somehow also, while being deep within my bones, also circling my head. Uh, it's invasive. Uh, it's like it's like vultures pecking at you before you're dead, you know. Uh, it's like interrupting your life, like squawk. You know that person that you told that joke to? Yeah, they didn't get it, and they're gonna think you're a weirdo forever. Uh, no, they did get the joke. They just didn't laugh because you're not funny. You're not funny. Squawk. Uh, you know, you'll never find love. No, he will find love, but then he won't be certain about it. And then, like over time, like he'll get slowly less and less sure about it. And then, like ten years later, he has to have a conversation to ruin the life of his best friend. That's what you're up for. Ah, squawk. Okay, okay, okay. This is this sort of two-sided vulturing is is what I had run away from. Uh, it's I had banished myself. Uh, to the Jordanian desert for five days uh, with two friends, a guide, and now apparently a donkey. And so the donkey, Marzouk, as we would later learn was his name, uh, lounged underneath the only tree in sight. Uh, the night before, we had sort of finished the first day of this five-day hike and on this wide open plain and that was sat at sort of the foot of this, of this mountain range. And as we exited the tent, we sort of noticed that, oh, that's weird, there's a donkey here now. Um, but, uh, and we had sort of saw it and then we're like, oh, okay. Uh, he was honestly in the only patch of shade that existed. He had already had his packs on, he had a throw over his uh, his back that sort of reminded me of my grandmother's floor rugs. You know, the ones that were too fancy to step on, so you sort of had to walk around for some reason. Those kinds. And vultures soared above our heads as the minute we started leaving our camp. And it's because this was the second day of this five-day hike, and we were already warned that this was the day that everyone failed on. This was a day that sort of fucked everybody up. There, there was a guide who later the day before had told us he had stopped doing these hikes because of this day. He was sort of like, no, I, I gave up, I stopped. I, I don't want to be doing part of this, I'm out. Um, and so if we were going to fail this thing, it was going to be on this day. And I was not going to fail this thing. And so as we walked, uh, our guide explained that Marzouk was our, uh, was actually a legal requirement. Uh, apparently, uh, you are not legally allowed to enter the desert, uh, or the, specifically the mountains of Jordan, uh, without a donkey with you. Specifically because if you get injured or if you suffer from heat exhaustion, uh, there's someone, there's a donkey to carry you basically. It's, a, it's literally like a last resort safety mechanism for everybody. And, and so this Marzouk, 
became the safety donkey, um, a, a physical uh, symbol of peace of mind. So we enter the mountain range. And the incline, as the incline increased, the communal chatter of the hike slowed uh, and then stopped, leaving me alone with my thoughts. Squawk, have you ever considered that everything you do that is sort of positive in nature is just to prove yourself you're a good person? Of course he hasn't. He's obviously hurting people all the time. That is not telling him. Squawk, you're pathetic. No, he's not pathetic. He's actually uniquely talented, which is why his consistent mediocrity is so sad. Swap! <laughs> the, the, the path that lay ahead was all but invisible. I swear, like, this was basically, it was just like a strew of rocks in front of us, and we were sort of just trying to make our way. Every rock was sort of uneven and slanted, and so, like, every time you took a step, you sort of slipped halfway. And so it sort of took two steps to go forward, but you only got half as far. It was just consistently the most annoying walking I have ever done. And, but eventually, but somehow, apparently, also at the same time, well, literally, there was no path. The, the Marzouk seemed to actually know where he was going. He was the one leading all of us. Like, literally, the guide followed the donkey <laughs> up this goddamn hill. Like, it was like, this was what was happening. And... So after an hour of this, uh, we reach this bend in this turn, and we stop for a second to look across uh, was sort of this makeshift wide valley. Um, and below us was sort of dirty green sea canopy of, uh, of, of, of trees, if you could call it that. And then above it was, was this sort of shining one mountain that sort of rose up uh, against the sheer blue sky. And our guide pointed to the top of the mountain and said, that's where we're going. <laughs> Around it, you mean? Uh, our voice uptinged in the way that sort of betrayed our fear. And he said, no, up. And we were like, squawk, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you should have known this was a bad idea. Squawk, your life is a house of cards and a breeze is coming. No. <laughs> your life is not a house of cards. In fact, you're locked in. You're afraid of change. You're already trapped. Squawk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, we entered mid-morning, uh, and the sun began to come into play, and all of the ugly, expensive mech equipment I had purchased beforehand uh, was, was proving to be ineffective. Uh, except, I will admit, the no blister socks, solid purchase, will work. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, worked for me, at least. Uh, so but, so we, we curled around the valley, working our way towards this unbelievable sheer incline, and the heat began to become unbearable. But really, what is there to do? Turn back? Not exactly an option. Uh, Marzouk carried forward, and so did we. It didn't take long for the path to finish its wind around the valley and begin its incline once again. But this time the incline was different. It was sort of these zigzags. And so every time you made a turn, you never knew what was beyond the next turn. Squawk, it's your death. Squawk, wouldn't that be terrible? I mean, what would you have to show for yourself? Squawk, it's you've wasted your life on hours of overtime. No, in fact, he has not wasted hours of overtime. He's actually, that's the only time that's valuable. All the time you spent doing nothing is really the wasted time. What are you, lazy squawk? <sighs> the landscape is overwhelmingly monochrome. Uh, it's this sun-parched brown. 
that uh, that perhaps sometimes took the shape of rocks or sand or cliffs or mountains, but like it was still all somehow the same. And my legs had begun to ache at this point. With each new step upwards, my quads like burned with the effort. My pack, despite the fact that it was really mostly light, except for literally like eight liters of water I had to be carrying for the day, was actually pretty light, and yet still started weighing heavily on me. Uh, it was starting to become an issue. The sun rose ever higher, and each corner of each corner offered this sort of promise of relief, this illusion that we were nearly there, and each turn proved us hopelessly wrong. Morale dropped as precipitously as the cliffs that we edged beside, and the views from whence we came were our only reward. Squawk! Give up! You'll never do it. You'll never be happy. You'll never be satisfied. Day by day, friend by friend, your life will pass you by, and then... Squawk! Have you ever noticed that you're exclusively attracted to people who don't like you? <laughs> Do you want to die alone? Squawk, of course he wants to die alone. He's out here in the fucking desert. Squawk! <sighs> After what feels like days, we are, which we are only told is hours, uh, we see the first splotch of color. It's this sort of poking out of the thin, of the rocks is this thin green stalk holding up five petals that sort of match the red that our Marzouk's pack. And the flower offers this hope of refuge. Uh, nature's joke, it seems, because it sits at the base of the steepest incline yet. Probably close to like 60 degrees. And the best way I can describe it is, at this point it became clear that the zigzags are a way to avoid this actual move. Like, basically all the zigzags had a way to make it seem manageable, and this was to like, fuck it, just get to the end. Uh, it, it was clear that that was the last one, but it was like, seriously, like 60 degree incline and for like 30, like 300 meters long. It was, it felt from the base absolutely impossible. And so we ask uh, to have a break. <laughs> Our guide says five minutes. Uh, we take that as, as, as best as we can. And the view really from this point is actually incredible. It's, you can't see where we started anymore, but the desert sort of extends behind us as far as the eye can see. And at the sort of edge of the horizon, these little small squares exist. And that's, we're pretty sure those must be farms. And they are unquestionably the closest thing to civilization that we can see. And at this moment I realized that I and we uh, are truly alone. The five of us and our donkey are hours away of hiking from another living soul. Squawk! The vultures circle the crest of the mountain as if daring us to try. Let's go. Our guide takes one last sip of water and then begins the incline, now having to lead Marzouk to ensure that he can make it up. And we start to begin to walk as being as careful as we can, understanding that each step is treacherous. The, the rocks beneath our, our feet sort of slide as we push ourselves upwards. And after the first tenth, 
we're scrambling on our hands and knees. After the second tenth, the guide and the donkey are fucking so far up the mountain we can't even <laughs> fucking see them. After the third tenth, we've stretched out so much that none of us can even talk to each other. I think I'm second in line, just wheeling myself to keep going up these sort of steps. And step by step, Squawk, you've wasted your life. Squawk, not to mention that you're sort of ruining this story. What? No, Squawk, he, yes you have, and you really are, isn't he? I mean, he's lost the whole audience and everything. Squawk! No, stop trying so hard. Just lie down. Just die here in the desert. No! Squawk! I slip and I land on my knee and I slide 10 feet down the mountain. Uh, the rocks sort of tumble behind me and I sort of only manage to grab a, a shrub that's sort of falling. Uh, well, the shrub is falling. The shrub is staying. I'm falling. Uh, I grab the shrub and hold myself on for half a second. I sit there for a second. Squawk! Give up! No! <laughs> Uh, and a blue salamander just darts out behind the rock that's right there. And I look up, and I see Marzouk standing at the top of this fucking mountain. <laughs> and there's vultures circling this goddamn donkey, and he is paying them no mind. Get the fuck up. So I pull myself up onto my knees, and then onto my feet, and I start carrying up the mountain. Squawk! Stop climbing, you're not gonna do it. It's useless, you won't feel better. Squawk! It won't help, you keep failing, you can't get away from a squawk! Why are you trying to do this? The crest of the mountain brought a sight to sore eyes. Grass, just a small patch resting beneath the shoulder of the boulder. And the boulder provides refuge from the sun, and exhaustion provides refuge from the vultures. And our guide pulls tea from Marzouk's pack, uh, makes a small fire, and manages to actually sort of, at this one moment, make almost what feels like a life-giving substance of tea, mint tea specifically. And we sip it, staring out over the serene landscape that we've now just climbed, and for a few precious minutes, my mind finds peace. Thank you. You know, Stefan, we've uh, we've heard from that from that guy a few times. The yeah, exactly, he keeps coming back for some reason. Keeps popping up. I, I enjoy his stories always. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know, it's he's getting somewhere. I feel he's got somewhere to go, but uh, but you know, I'm not gonna not gonna be too harsh on him. I don't think. Yeah, he's he's in, he's improved. Is yeah. what you're saying. He's gotten better. Exactly. Yeah, he's on an uphill trajectory. Right. Although although I did hear that that squawking sound was not exactly the kind of squawk that I should have used. I've had multiple uh, <laughs> criticisms of the sound effects in my stories. Squawk is a kind of a funny and weird piece of feedback to receive that I'm not good at sound effects, but... Yeah, well, you know, you make certain choices. Some of them are work, and some of them sometimes, uh, (laughs) you know, aren't as uh, successful as you want them to be. Right. Uh, Well, there's the story that we told. As you may have heard in the last episode, if you were listening, um, what we're doing in this this episode, the five-episode stretch uh, of stories, is to look at storytelling or using the stories from our event as prompts to sort of kickstart your ability, uh, your encouraged to write, uh, to writing more or writing new or writing again uh, as a way to sort of as an homage to this digital let's get personal uh, that we are in the process of launching. Uh, if you have, if you're more interested in that, uh, do send us a note, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, more info on that coming soon. But yeah, and so this is a story. And, and so the, 
the idea here obviously was was trying to find a way to talk about anxiety uh, and it's something that you've done as well uh, in fact you actually did a very similar uh, uh, you, a similar externalization of of the of everything in a recent story that you told mm-hmm. yeah it's uh you know because it, it's it's hard sometimes when there you know in your particular story there was a there was a like a narrative like the start and the finish you started in one place and you literally walked to it or you know went through this um this sort of hike or walk or excursion to another place yeah i climbed a mountain yeah yeah there's a the the climax was literally up a mountain that's the whole thing yeah kind of the most basic storytelling arc yeah and but it's always in those kind of stories the difficulty of it is always that it's it's not very exciting to just kind of describe the thing that you're physically doing, but there is so much going on uh, internally, and uh, you know it's just kind of always a bit challenging to figure out different ways or di- and different creative ways that you can, you know, get that uh, kind of stuff across. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a the thing I was struggling with here and and, the, and ended up solving in the way that I did was, you know. It's very. No one wants to hear three pages of uh, of of things happening in your brain. That's all telling, right? The idea, you know, you can just say like, oh, and then I was feeling like this, 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 uh, and that gets repetitive real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know if you can get away with one of those, let alone an entire story based around sort of explaining what's going on in your head. Yeah. Um. And so, and so, the the challenge that this story you know, presented to me was how do you how do you create either a character or a scene? How do you allow yourself to tell rather than show, or sorry, show rather than tell uh, the feeling of anxiety? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, obviously in this story, I, I use these sort of vultures who are sort of cackling at me. Um, but but there's thousands of ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sort of that's sort of where we're headed to uh, for this this prompt uh, is, is around trying to find ways to externalize uh, the the feeling, uh, internal feeling, it doesn't have to be any particular feeling. Yeah, of um, of whatever that may be, you know, and, and uh, it could be any story of your choosing or anything that you want to try and express in this way. And, um, you know, I guess that's our prompt yeah yeah th- for today that's our prompt for today to, to take to try to take a, a feeling or something internal uh, in your in your brain and and bring it outwards. You know, let's let's take a feeling or a thought and uh, and that you would normally just have to explain and, and turn it into a character or a setting or, or something and, and, you know, really bring it to life. Mm. Uh, and that's the, you know, that's our prompt for the day. Subscribe to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. For more information about the podcast, blog, and live events, find us on Facebook or visit storieswedonttell.org. This episode of Stories We Don't Tell podcast is brought to you by Squawk!